reviewing TV shows and films, dishing out sports picks and dimes, providing you a slice of economics with a hidden gem tied in. Become a paid subscriber to Preston Super Show at anchor.fm slash Preston's Super Show slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and God bless. Hello, it's your host, Preston Olson. I'm not a licensed financial advisor and I'm not a CPA professional, so you should do your own homework and your own research. Take what I say as a resource on your money-making journey. For now, enjoy the show. Thank you for tuning in to Preston's Super Show. I am your host, Preston Olson. We are live. I have a special episode for you today. Let me talk about a little bit about what's going to happen today. So I'm going to talk about the new episode of Star Trek Discovery. Now that um, you're going to really enjoy. Uh, that episode was called Rosetta, uh, episode 11 in the fourth season. And then I have uh, something interesting here. Another Star Trek uh, Picard, his new episode, Stargazer, um, from season two, the first episode out of season two, Stargazer. You're going to really enjoy that. Then we get into the last review I have. Won't take too much of your time today, but it's a really good show and you should really check it out when you get a chance called Severance on Apple TV. I'm going to review episode one for you. And uh, believe me, you don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss this episode. Severance episode one, good news from hell. Very funny uh, titled episode. Ben Stiller, actually, the director of this show. And uh, it's, it's just really nice. It's, it's, it's a really well-written show and, and well-directed. And the actors are great. So uh, you're going to enjoy all that today. And then uh, last but not least... Because I have something behind that is uh, we're going to talk about Songbird Token. SGB. Hashtag SGB. Money sign, dollar sign, punch it in SGB. And uh, we're going to go in a little bit of depth about SGB token and what Songbird Token's all about. And then I have a message uh, for the, the season of Lent. Short, brief message for you about my thoughts on season of Lent and uh, me, I'm a full participant in it, being a Catholic. Um, so you're going to enjoy today's show. Please share with all your friends. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Super Show. So we start with Star Trek Discovery, Season 4, Episode 11. And this was a really good episode, Rosetta. Um, and it kept that story archetype going with... Uh, the DMA, while Captain Burnham leads an away mission to a planet that was once home to the aliens responsible for the DMA, Booker and Tarka secretly infiltrate the USS Discovery. And it was a really well thought out episode. You know, picking up where we left off, the DMA has to be destroyed. Discovery sends out a crew to the surface, this planet Rosetta, to scan for power resources to penetrate the hyperfield, where these unexplained life forms live. Booker and Dr. Tarka have a renewed sense of urgency and are working together to stop the DMA once again. You know, this crew led by Michael Burnham and Saru to explore the 10C, which is the name of these people on Rosetta, these alien species who live by this hyperfield. They, they're looking to learn from them 
and to construct an antidote or a weapon, if you will, to rid the universe of the DMA once and for all with the minerals and resources uh, compounds from this planet. The writers do a great job with the characters on the surface by having Saru falling ill and giving the presence they are being watched. This is a slower episode than normal. It's like my only knock on it, you know, my true hard knock. is We were about due for one. There's one skirmish where Booker surprises General Endoy and makes an appeal to have her help him discreetly. She agrees, but only because she understands his logic. There's dissension among the, the leading figureheads of the Federation. And Madam President Rylak is trying to reel that in by scolding Dr. Harai, who made some remarks early in the episode that made General Endoy uncomfortable as well as her. Maybe fueling her, uh, maybe fueling General Endoy to be a little bit softer uh, to Booker's request and his conquest with Dr. Tarka for destroying the DMA. Dr. Tarka sneaks on the Discovery too, and he takes one of the engineers back to his ship, Commander Reno, and that was unexpected. I feel like she kind of wanted to go. Like a discussion happened, and they said enough of only these two guys being on this ship. We need to throw someone in the mix, a woman in the mix here. It's Woman's History Month. Reno is a good character, and her personality will blend in well with these two, and their conversations will be really juicy and bounce back and forth. You'll see that play out, too, in the next episode, I'm sure. Kayla Detmer. Um, Lieutenant Grade. I believe she's junior grade, has an increased role, and I'm uh, going to give her the award for best actress in this episode. Not a slight of hand or anything like that. It's just that she's the one Borg on the ship we truly see take a bit of a lead since Seven of Nine with some quick observations and a great performance. Uh, This episode is a solid four stars. It's missing the spark to put it over the top, the punch, the big blow, um, however, we get to see Keela shine and the spotlight hit a few characters before Discovery moves to destroy the DMA. But yes, four star episode and I highly recommend. Um, so this concludes part one of tonight's program with Star Trek Discovery season four, episode 11, Rosetta Review. And there's so much more to this episode. You really need to watch it on Paramount Plus. You cannot miss out on that deal. It's five dollars. I mean, come on. You cannot miss out on that. So uh, go ahead and check this out. I'll be right back after break. Thanks for staying with me this far. Star Trek Picard Season 2, Episode 1, The Stargazer. Really, she's just called Stargazer, because that's really what Picard's doing in this episode. He's stargazing a lot. It's a great episode, though. Really, really well written. I can tell they pumped it up, that they had to get something going with this show. It had to get going. You know, enough of the nonsense. You know, I'm all for no-nonsense reviews. Picard is back, and, you know, you can feel I am surprised. I thought the last season, which is the first season, ended on a sour note, not a cliffhanger, not a dazzler, but truly boring. 
Then season two is set in motion. My initial reactions were not good to this news. However, I've watched a lot of shows and the first season was not that good. What was disappointing about the first season was it started with a bang and about halfway through the writers perpetually threw in the towel. Seinfeld had a bad first season, Andromeda, and so many more shows. Those turned into good shows, in Seinfeld's case, a legendary show, they still play it. In Discovery, it's a new crew, a fresh start, a bold take on Star Trek. Picard is also a bit of a mixed bag. You have a returning crew from the first season. You have Picard and Seven of Nine taking the leading roles. The pressure was on for a great episode, not just good. This episode did have some humor, flash, flair, and a real villain. They have been waiting to dispose of the Borg Queen. My one knock on this episode is if you look away, you will not understand this episode. You have to see it all the way through for it to make sense. No problem for me as I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Seven of Nine is my favorite character in this episode. She sees the most action. She fights in a cargo bay, knocks off a few enemies. There's great action and a great pace to that scene. Um, and it's great build up for this episode. Picard has a lot of good dialogue. It's a lot of dialogue from him in this episode. One part I couldn't stop laughing at is the scene with Picard and Whoopi Goldberg, where she's telling him he needs to explore his heart since he has explored everything else. I kept thinking all these years he still hasn't gotten some loving or what? I thought he was with the redhead doctor back in the next generation Star Trek. Like, I don't care. I was having too much fun laughing. All the role players get in on the action. Agnes Gerardi has some great lines. You see her different emotions play out. Elnor and Raffaella Musicker have important parts as you see where their paths are headed. Q even makes an appearance. And if you know Star Trek, you know Q is in TNG and DS9 all over Star Trek and its history. It all made for a great show. And you got all the elements of fun and seriousness in this episode. Uh, five star episode. And it didn't come easy. This show really worked for that five stars. One of my favorite scenes of this show is seeing the Stargazer, the ship, and the USS Stargazer, and all its glory. And it's just flying through space. It was just, you know, it makes you think. We're not far from those days. I don't know if it'll be my lifetime, but maybe a lifetime over. You know, that that will be the case. So, it's a very good show. Very bold start to the uh, second season. A very good, um, like, explosion out of that kind of tedious first season uh, midway through to the end of that first season. Like, it, it exploded into what it should be. You know, it felt like a real Star Trek episode was going down and... We all need to be paying attention because we might, you know, see a little bit of history be made here. And I think it was. I think it was as far as the Borg Collective went. And if you watch this episode, you'll understand exactly what I mean. Uh, but yes, this episode really, uh, really hit all the parts you need for a five-star episode. Um, and and I, I was just finding myself more and more enthused as the episode went on. Also, Cristobal Rios is a great um, pilot, great captain. 
and that's something to be noted of as this show continues on and I'm, I'm glad it is i was confused at first on where the direction was going to go but you know jonathan frakes directing really helps star trek really puts it over the top so you got to give him a lot of credit too um and this is also on crave for you canada listeners don't miss this episode you're not going to want to miss this episode we have made it to our final review of the show and that is severance season one episode one good news about hell and uh, on apple tv you can find this and this had all the emotions in it this had all the good vibes in this show and all the suspenseful vibes too marcus promoted to a lead uh team member who've you know had their memory surgically divided between their work and personal lives so it becomes basically the, the leader of that team, the leader of that group. And it's a small group. Um, and it's funny. You'll, you'll get the humor when you see the office and all the empty spaces. And he's like, yeah, they're planning an expansion. It's like, there's some good, there's just some good levity in this show. Excellent show. Great psychological thriller. Show starts out with a chick laying on a boardroom office table. She wakes up and a voice comes over the little speaker. She's pissed, tries breaking out, but she can't, so she plays along and answers the question. You know, enters Marquez, our main character of the show. He reminds me of Tom Cruise. Some good commentary back and forth between him and his co-workers. The show does a complete 180 um, from the, nor- the normal office show. Brings it back to the beginning in the episode, well-directed, well-written. She tries fighting Mark, actually, busting his head open and just wilding out she has to leave but it's not until the third time she asks to leave that mark allows her based on the company policy he walks her out and she comes right back through the doors it's unexplained but mark says that's because you wanted to come back but she was trying to leave basically she agreed to be here and doesn't remember it hence severance the boss is silver fox she scolds mark for how he handled it but honestly he got the the, just a crap kicked out of him i think he did good but patricia arquette plays a really good role the silver fox you know and she's mark's boss um and helly is the name of the the woman that um basically we're finding out how the severance works how this whole package is put together so that's all really good you know we learned that the severance package is is uh, at the dinner they have later, you agree uh, to have your memories separated, meaning an operation, you know, to forego your memories while at work. Um, when you walk in the door, who you are on the outside is gone. The dinner scene is a funny scene when it kind of brings us all into perspective. A dinner with no food, Mark's sister brings him to, kind of talks him in coming to this dinner, which they later regret, but um, let you watch all that. The dinner scene is, you know, a really a funny scene. Uh, a dinner with no food, you know, just conversation with friends. Cool in a way. The topic of severance comes up. It's very new to the world and society is mixed. And of course, the politics of it is messy. The dinner scene itself is quite good. The spoo part was when his sister and friend tuck him in the car bed. We already had some silent humor at the dinner table with all the characters. We really didn't need it. However, uh, the part I thought made up for it was when Mark wakes up to get a drink and has a vision. Or does he? Someone's standing outside the window. 
Outside the window, a man is lurking. He looks drunk, and his sister makes a comment later he's probably a stumbler from the bar. Later on, Mark is eating at a dinner table, and the man shows up and takes a seat next to him. He spills the beans on the company Mark works for. He gives him an address and tells him to go there if he wants to find out what's happening with his company. I like how the end of the show ends with Mark pulling in his driveway and the neighbor has been uh, that he's been arguing with about the trash cans being on his side is actually his boss. But he doesn't know that is his boss because of his work memories and his personal memories being severed. First episode is a five star episode and I can't wait to review the other episodes with you. The latest episode is out today. Actually, right now just came out on Apple TV. So you'll get those reviews from me next week. Episode two, three and four. And it's a really great show and a great time for this show before uh, the weather gets really nice and everybody's outside and not watching so many uh, programs. So, yes, get this one in. Get this one on your watch list. Severance episode one. Don't miss it. And uh, thanks for staying with me this far. We are blowing through this night and we'll go ahead and come back, talk about Songbird. And don't forget, I got a message about Lent for you at the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be right back after these messages. We are back and we're talking about Songbird Token. Songbird token, dollar sign, SGB, hashtag SGB, on September 9th, 2021, SGB began being traded. A major pop happened, and then it plateaued, large in part due to people not knowing what it was. Really, SGB was uh, put on uphold recently. It's on Kraken and many other reputable exchanges. Its adoption into these exchanges so early will fuel speculative growth uh, long-term. Songbird is tied into Avalanche and powered by the Flare Network. The likes of XRP will move with it. These are the early stages for SGB, and I am excited to witness their growth, and you should be as well. Let me give you the description of what Songbird token really is. Songbird, Flare's Canary Network, marks a key step for the entire industry in enabling tokens on networks without smart contracts to be used trustlessly and in a non-custodial manner for the first time with scalable smart contracts. Flare's technology, which is the engine behind Songbird, is a scalable, low-carbon, low-cost, highly decentralized smart contract platform that runs the Ethereum virtual machine and utilizes federated Byzantine agreement based consensuses. The platform's native token Spark FLR will enable Flare to unleash the tremendous value in diverse ecosystems and blockchain communities. Flare is unique in that it derives its network structure from its underlying 
integrated networks, leveraging the decentralization and security of the underlying networks, Flare's development team features experts from the world of electronic engineering, distributed systems, quantum computing, mathematics, computer science, quantitative finance, and risk management. That's a mouthful, isn't it? That is a mouthful. And that is just the beginning of what Songbird is and what it's about and what it prepares to do. Now, in their white paper, okay, it's very important you look at a white, uh, the white paper of the crypto you're trading before you go in and get too involved with it. And you, you just need an overview. You just need a, a glance just to look, just to understand what you're dealing with. To make sure it's not a fraud, to make sure it's not faulty, to make sure it's not something that there's a you know a hundred of them out there that are all the same thing. You want something that stands out. The Flare Network is a distributed network whereby nodes run the Avalanche Consensus Protocol with a key adaptation to a federated Byzantine Agreement, the FBA Consensus Topology. The Flare network leverages the Ethereum virtual machine, enabling the network to run Turing complete smart contracts. The combined usage of the FBA consensus topology with the Turing complete smart contract layer makes Flare a scalable public smart contract network that does not require a native token for safety. This is a useful property at the cost to it attack network safety and networks that do leverage a token for safety is related to the speculative value of the token therefore facilitating an incentive in these networks to create a double spend attack whereby the cost of an attack is lower than the reward from the successful double spend so in short songbird flare network avalanche all tied in Okay, I want you to picture that in your head, all in the same string, across. Okay, they're all running across, and they're they're all running together. Okay, so let's put that in a perspective in your mind. Sitting at zero point seven four cents, zero point zero seven four cents. So seven cents on the dollar. This is a low, low price, and that's what I love about crypto. On the stock market, we've talked about it here, and we'll talk about it again. The New York Stock Exchange, to be exact, if your stock is too low of a price, they force you to bring it up more. Crypto markets will continue to thrive because they welcome the low, low prices. Songbird is coming off a rocky week, and there's a lot of talk about it hitting four cents. Um... And that's pretty scary. So there's time before you have to splurge on this coin. When you are talking about crypto, remember like a stock, you want there to be value beyond the trading window. The RSI and your indicators are important, but don't go chasing an invisible bag. Look at history. Understand the history. Songbird is catching the eye of great exchanges, so it should be catching your eye. The market is expanding. And that is going to continue. More, more listings on exchanges, more people involved in the in the trading of Songbird token. There was a question that was asked about which is better, Avalanche or Solana? And I will be doing a podcast on which I believe is better in the long run. If I'm wrong, so be it. But I will have my prediction for you. 
The Flare Network is powerful, gaining a lot of interest with their airdrops. Same thing I'll pull did with Songbird. How Songbird ties into Avalanche and ties into the Flare Network is unique, as I read to you, and is truly great timing for all of it to tie in together. And this is a token you need to have on your watch list. You need to pay, pay attention to. I'm not a financial advisor. Consult with a professional uh, financial advisor. I'm not a licensed CPA. Do your own homework before you invest. I am just uh, planting some seeds is all. And now uh, we're going to go ahead and get into my message about Lent. And Lent, the season of sacrifice. Lent is the season of surrendering pleasure, pleasure dreams um, that you enjoy uh, so easily and find so comforting. And instead taking on a new role, a new persona, one of uh, foregoing uh, different things that you are so attached to um, without hindering yourself, but to better yourself. And I have a message for everybody today about Lent in the season of Lent. In the season of Lent, we give something up, and that is proper. It's sound in doctrine. If the poor can go without, can the rich give up more than one thing? Did you ever think about how much you can give during Lent? Foregoing a pleasure or two is not hard to do in most cases. Giving is what Lent is about. Offering and helping beyond your normal means is the message we need to be sending let god see your generosity to his children let people know whether it's lent or any other time of the year that you are going to give that you are going to make a positive impact the holy ghost is always with you when you forgot jesus he still blessed you he knows us better than we know ourselves seek his face In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our show. Thank you for tuning in to Preston Super's show on another great edition, a Friday edition, a special edition for everybody on March the 4th, 2022. In a a wild year, in in just a wacky year, we have to continue to strive to be better. And, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't tell you enough. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. You will get the tsunami recap on Monday. I'm going to throw in another little special thing in there for you, too. And then uh, I'll be back after Monday. You'll see me on Friday is when you'll get the next podcast after that but yes enjoy this one let this one soak in play it again play it back and share with your friends share with your family let them know the super show is going full force this year and we will not stop Mm